the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Aloha and welcome to the Believer's Journey. I'm so grateful that you're joining us today. I'm uh, so thankful that you support our ministry. Uh, thank you for our thank you for our uh, sponsors, the people who just give out of their heart, and all of you who watch our program, who share, and so forth. Uh, we really are um, just dedicated to teaching you the word. Um, I want to thank. Um, all of you, from the depths of my heart, I want to mention a couple things before we get going in our program. Uh, on our website, thebelieversjourney.net, there's a page on there now where the donate page is. Is click on there, and there's a there's a situation going on in Pakistan where um, close to a hundred homes got burnt down to the ground. And about uh, 19 churches got burned down to the ground, and about 400 homes were affected. But there were thousands of Christians who were um, attacked, and now they have no food. I mean, their, their homes were burnt. They have no food, no clothing, no beds, no clean running water. And uh, if you go to our website, to that page, there's a link there that will take you to explain what happened and if you want to donate to that cause, um, I'm in direct um, connection with a pastor over there in Pakistan. And so anything that you give will go directly to Pakistan. There will be no money taken out and to help these people so that they can have um, just the necessities of life. So I wanted to mention that right off the bat before we get started. And um, so today we're going to talk about Jesus um, the center of your life. I kind of, it's kind of one of my themes that I use a lot when I teach places I go. And today we have a really fun guest. You're going to love her. Her name is Meg Greer. I was always wondering, are you related to the famous football player, Rosie Greer? No, I don't think so. Yes, he came to our high school one time when I was oh, in California. Fun. Yeah. So, um, and Meg is the um, host and, I guess, the founder of a, a ministry called God and Our Dogs. And she has uh, the most famous podcast in Bernie, Texas, uh, <laughs> with this program and ministry. And um, she's a delight, and she really is. And I think you really like, um, uh, like her and like everything she has to say and her uh, ministry and, and the way she, uh, her concept of how dogs are and how we need to perceive God. Mm -hmm. So she actually uh, broadcasts on 9 a.m. Uh, Texas Central Time, uh, Saturday mornings on the Bernie radio station. It's uh, 103.9 FM. Correct. So anyway, I introduce you to Meg. Hello. Hi, Alan. It's so great to be with you. And tell us about your, your ministry. Tell us about God and Our Dogs. Well, God and Our Dogs is a special calling for me. And 
basically the whole vision is to learn how to rely on God like our dogs rely on us, right? You've had dogs. We talked about it a little bit ahead of the show. But I interview people, and they tell me the stories about their dogs that are really outstanding in their memory. Some are childhood dogs. Some are dogs that they have right now. Um, and you don't have to be a dog lover uh, like the person that collects all the strays from when you were a kid to now. I've even had a guest on the show that never even had a dog until his son said, hey, Dad, I want to get a dog. So it's all kinds of different experiences. And we look for what the lessons are that we can learn about how to rely on God uh, and through the example of our dogs. And it's so much fun to hear all the different stories. It's amazing. Everyone has a different story. And we look for ways that relationships develop. And, you know, they develop with our dogs just like anybody else. You know, you spend time together. You train together, so to speak, um, through that time. You learn how to trust one another, and through that, your relationship transforms. And so those are what the stories are all about. So I was mentioning earlier, in, a, in jest, we kind of laughed about that, that uh, I mentioned that you might be the uh, lady dog whisperer, and you said, oh, of course not. <laughs> I'm not. I do have a lot of guests that are dog whisperers, but I'm your pretty typical dog owner that loves to have their dog, um, but isn't a dog whisperer. And a lot of people say, well, Meg, how did you ever come up with that idea? Well, one day um, I was getting ready to walk my dog, Belle, who's a black lab, and she came to live with us right outside of San Antonio in Bernie, Texas, from Houston, and she was 30 pounds overweight. And the vet said, right away, you need to get that weight off of her. So we would go, and we were blessed to live out in the country, and we'd go for walks around the outside of the property, and I'd throw her the ball. And she would run about two to three times the amount that I would walk. And gradually, she started losing weight. Well, one day, I went uh, to take her for a walk, and I'd forgot her ball. How in the world I did that, I don't know. But I told her to sit and wait. And usually she was pretty obedient. But um, I walked 10 steps to go in the utility room to get her ball. And I turned around and she was right there, Alan, right behind me. And I said, Belle, and this is pretty much how I said it because it was out loud, I was going to get something for you. And I realized all of a sudden it hit me. How many times had God told me to sit and stay? And I went toddling after him, thinking I knew where I was supposed to go. And it was totally the wrong way. So I started seeing lessons for my dogs all the time. And it really brought scripture to life. Um, all those sermons, all those Bible studies, I could see, oh, that's what you mean, God. I want my dog to do these things too. So that's the whole premise. So I know that one of the... Um foundations or areas that you uh, you draw from is the dog's dependency mm-hmm. on their owners. Right. And how that reflects our dependency or how we should be dependent on God. Right. The way that the dogs are to their owners. Right. Talk about that. Sure. Well, um, a pretty common theme uh, from our uh, dog owner guests 
um, is how to develop boundaries. And, you know, as people, we don't like to think about having boundaries. But if you think about it as a dog owner, uh, lover, that you want your dog to be safe, right? And so um, developing boundaries that the dog knows it's safe to stay within those boundaries and that they can live their life and enjoy it is really important. And I've had several guests talk about um, having a fenced yard. Some of them are physical fences and some of them are those electronic fences that are invisible. And it really hit me in talking to these guests, don't we live our lives with invisible fences? And that the more we can think about what God wants for us in our life, the more we can live inside those invisible boundaries, so to speak, that God places around us to keep us in his will, fulfilling our purpose and experiencing his love in the ways that he intends. So tell us some more lessons, because I know that you um, you interview a lot of people. Right. Um, and so, uh, and I'm sure there are lessons, almost different ones every week. Mm-hmm. So talk about some of the lessons that you have heard that really we can learn from. Yeah. Well, let me tell you one that's really simple. Um, we had a guest who had um, a kind of a combination of a uh, German short hair terrier. And if you're familiar with that breed, they are full of energy. And so what he lived on the outskirts of, of Phoenix at the time. And what they would do, he and his wife, is load up the dog every morning, not so much in the summertime because it's way too hot, but um, they would go and take the dog to one of the many uh, park areas outside of Phoenix. And he would let the dog out and the dog would race in front of the truck. And um, sometimes the dog would come to a fork in the road and he would sit and wait until the truck caught up because he learned the hard way that that dog was so fast and powerful that he actually would throw rocks. And one time he broke the windshield. So he would la- mm. lag back and the dog would sit at the fork in the road and wait until Greg either pointed to go to the left or to the right. And it really hit me. How many times do we actually sit and wait at the fork in the road and wait for God to tell us which direction to go in. So, I mean, some of them are pretty pretty simple. Um, but one of the most inspiring stories that I heard on the show was from one of our guests who had been a missionary in Vietnam for about eight years. And they lived in Ho Chi Minh City, which is uh, formerly known as Saigon. And um, she told the story of how they got their ministry going, which is incredibly interesting. She even was jailed for a a brief amount of time until she figured out how she could share the gospel without riling up the authorities, so to speak. And so um, she was kind of watched uh, by people in the neighborhood who turned out to be not quite so honest. They were kind of gangsters in a way. And so they became very familiar with her routine. And she would walk her pug 
every morning. Well, one day she was out walking her pug and someone came up behind her on a motorbike and had a noose that they put around the neck of her dog and tightened it up and started dragging the dog away from her. And of course she put up a fight and the motorbike drug her along too and she was injured and the dog was kidnapped. Mm. Well, they monitored expats because they figured that they would have money. And so she found out through one of her friends who was Vietnamese how, how to find these p- kidnappers. And they had intentionally monitored her, followed her, knew exactly what her schedule was, and held the dog for ransom. Well, the friend was able to help her, and um, they, she ended up paying $200 to get her dog back. And she was laying in bed convalescing. It took about a day to get the dog back, um, because, and she was injured from being drugged along the street by this motorbike, so she was not in good shape. And the dog was returned to her great joy from everyone. And in that story, you can really see if we feel so passionate about our dog as a member of our family almost, um, that we're willing to ransom the dog from kidnappers, how much more willing would Christ be and was he to ransom us from our sin? And she shared that story in such a powerful way with the people that she encountered. And they could see the grace that Christ brought uh, to us through that story of her dog. Well, what's even more powerful is that she was in Vietnam for about eight years. And this happened about halfway through. So how do you go on ministering to people that really did not have your best interest at heart and were willing to, you know, kidnap your dog and injure you for a little bit of money. And so she worked with God um, for the next four years to have compassion for the Vietnamese that she was serving. And that had such a powerful impact to me because how often are we mistreated by people? And it takes... I think it's beyond our human capacity for that kind of forgiveness to be able to continue to serve without animus. And so very, very powerful story. Wow. So actually, so it seems like your stories almost every week, you have a, a really nice lesson mm-hmm. just in the way that dogs are treated or how they treat with you or exactly what happens. Exactly. So really through all the stories, we learn about God's love for us, Um, the extraordinary value he holds for us through the sacrifice of Christ, um, what our purpose is as his child, and um, just also belonging to his family. So many times we feel alone, but we don't have to be alone because we're a member of his family, and that's very reassuring. You know, it's really neat that I've discovered, and I'm not sure... This is uh, only true with dogs because, you know, I'm a cat. I have right, a cat. Right, exactly. And um, <laughs> we've seen where when our cat was younger, we, if we go out the front door, she's at the front door howling. 
because we're outside and she did, and we're out of sight. Right. <laughs> so the cat is is kind of that way. But we had a dog. Um, her name was Patches, and and we would uh, one time we closed her into a bedroom while we were gone, and she literally scraped all the carpet off the floor trying to get under <laughs> through the door, thinking that because when she's outside she could take the dirt and go underneath the fence. Uh-huh. Of course, she gets to concrete and she can't go anywhere, but right. we've got a ruined carpet. But I noticed that she doesn't like to have that alone without us around. Right. She likes that, the fact that we're there. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be true with all kinds of animals. Right. You know, when they're your, your pet Right. I I think you can find that with animals. I'm just familiar with dogs. People would ask me all the time, well, when are you going to talk about cats? And I said, oh, that's somebody else's show. (laughs) But this year, April Fool's was on Saturday. So we had a special April Fool's dog and, I mean, God and our cats. (laughs) So that was a lot of fun. But I just think God uses uh, things we're familiar with, things in our life um, uh, that really can help us learn about who we are to him and how he wants to relate to us and grow in our relationship with him. You know, and, and I've never personally thought of things like that um, with any of my pets, that to put lessons together of our relationship with the Father or with God mm-hmm. the way that I look at our, uh, my pet. Mm-hmm. I, I just have never done that. And you've opened my eyes quite a bit in our talks you know, about that. And I think it's pretty amazing because, you know, we think about this, we have the same creator. Right. You know, probably with the same kind of, not all of, all of them, but some of the same emotions and same feelings. Uh-huh. You know, see the feelings of despair or gladness. And we all, I'm sure the animals as well as ourselves have some of those emotions. So we have the same kind of responses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think about your story that you told about your dog wanting to get to you. And scripture is just full of God telling us that he's there for us. Even in Revelation, you know, Christ is waiting on the other side of that door if we'll only knock. And uh, uh, the story, the, the um, parables in Luke, for example, with the lost um, and, of course, I mentioned the prodigal, I think, when talking about the missionary story, but the lost coin, uh, the lost sheep, the extent that God will go to to find us. And we're welcome to to look for him with the same kind of intensity. Yeah. I think it's pretty incredible. I mean, again, because of our cat, we notice things, you know. I'm, I'm the one that plays uh-huh. with the cat, and Susan is the one that, you know, she cuddles up to. So she doesn't cuddle up to me much, but but anyway, I throw the I throw the rat or the whatever it is, yeah. the, the toy, and she jumps and runs and grabs it. She used to bring it back, but now she doesn't. But if we yell at her, hey, don't be eating the flowers, you know, uh, especially Susan. It's so funny. Susan will stand somewhere or lay down or whatever, and within 15 minutes, the cat has taken one of her toys and dropped it at her foot and gone somewhere else. Like, <laughs> this is a peace offering, yes, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's just strange, but it's just something we laugh at. But the cat, it's a real thing with the Exactly. With, you know. They're trying to figure out a way to connect with you exactly. in, a, in a more positive way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you had told me when we were visiting that you love to play with your dogs as well. They yeah. played fetch. 
a lot. Yeah, and I love uh -huh. it. And, and my and my brother, my brother had a dog. Uh, it was a great day, a huge dog. Every single morning, he's a contractor, so he got uh -huh. his own time frame. He would go to the park and have a frisbee or have a ball and and throw for about. 45 minutes or more and throw the ball or throw the frisbee you know back and, and the dog would bring it back and mm -hmm. and play with the dog for that entire time every he i don't think he missed a day He's, yeah when we would visit him in california that's what exactly what he did every day mm -hmm. well and you know you can think of that as kind of a not a real serious god story but to me i i hear that story and i think Wow, play is so important. It's important for our dogs. They they get good exercise. They release that energy that can be negative energy. They build positive en energy. I'm not a veterinarian, so but I know with people play, they build endorphins and it's really positive thing for them. And um I've heard play is actually a spiritual discipline. And um when I think about it, it really kind of convicts me because I'm not very good at play. But I don't think God wants us to go around being serious all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it also, it's, it's a bonding experience, too. True. Very true. That yeah. time together, right? Because you think of it as human beings, you know, the, the, the things that I've done with the friends that I have, those friends that I've taken time to do a lot of play time with, have a stronger emotional tie than those I say hi and go to Taco Bell with. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just something different about the play part that that just bonds you. Right. You know. Yeah, that's so true. That so. is so true. And you know, it's it's so much fun to think about different ways. I always ask my guests before the show, what kind of ways do you like to spend uh, time with God? What, time, what kinds of ways do you like to spend time with your dogs? How can those things overlap? How can we think about time in new ways? You know, I, I did a um, program recently that talked about um, having all of the areas of our life centered in Christ. Right, I saw that. It was good. And I, um, one of the areas I think that really stood out, stands out to me now is, you know, the time with with you talk about with our dogs, you know, that that's, it's Christ-centered. And what you have done is you've taken this very area of just, you know, time with your, your dogs, your pets, and so forth, and made it into a Christ-centered time mm -hmm. to learn more about Jesus and the life you have with him because of your experiences with your dog. I think that's tremendous. And to have that kind of insight... Not very many people. I didn't have that kind of insight. So God has given you something mm -hmm. that's very special. Well, I, I, I really appreciate you saying that because I think that God comes to us in a way we can identify and relate to. And maybe this is the way he's come to me, but I bet every believer along their journey can come up with the very same kinds of things that inspire them to grow closer to God. Yeah. Um, God uses everything in our life to reveal himself to us and to help us get to know him more. So those of you watching, you know, uh, and we'll continue this talk, but I'll, I just want to uh, direct you to the fact that 
Um, your podcast, so it's more local, but you can can you find it on Spotify? Oh yes, it's on all the podcast sites. It's uploaded on Sundays at noon Central Time, uh, Texas time. Okay, and uh, it's available there. People can even listen live. Uh, even though they're not in Bernie, Texas, by going to their app store, Bernie Radio has an app, so you can listen to it. I've got a fine guest this this week that we found out was a mutual friend, and he has some really neat stories as well. He he has great Pyrenees. He grew up with them and had them as an adult, and now he uh, has rescue dogs in his family. Oh. So, yeah. So um, if you're in the uh, San Antonio, Bernie area, it's, uh, again, it's Bernie Radio. Right. And it's 103.9 FM. And tune in. And, again, if you can't tune in live, then you want to uh, mm-hmm. try the podcast with the radio station or the app. Mm-hmm. The app is called? Um, it's Bernie Radio, and it's spelled B-O-E-R-N-E, which is not your normal way to to yeah. spell Bernie. So I always tell people it's B-O-E-R-N-E. And you can also go to the uh, GodInOurDogs.com website, and um, we have a listen tab, and you can listen to all the shows from the very beginning. Yeah, I noticed that on your website because mm-hmm. I noticed all the little yeah. things were yeah. jittering. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's really good. And I think that um, – a lot of times we get in ruts in, in our lives. We get in ruts, you know, and um, stuff like stuff like this really helps us open up to realize that God speaks to us in all kinds of ways through all kinds of means, whether it be other people through the Scripture itself, through animals, through the weather. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just other things that God speaks to us. I said the weather because I think my next guest is going to be Bill Taylor. Oh, have fun! And he's he's amazing. He's so funny, <laughs> but but anyway, we have all these areas in life that God has laid out for us uh-huh. to really grab our attention so that we can build on that relationship with Him. Right. He created everything, so He's re- revealed really in everything. Yeah. Right. So and that's why I think it's incredible. You know your your story, your your ministry, your your program is is pretty cool. And, Thank you. Uh, and Baron Wiley thinks you're incredible. <laughs> oh well, I, feelings mutual. Baron is uh, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he's and when I told him, I said I need some help with some things, and so he was like right on it. You yeah, know? yeah. Funny thing, he says, well, let me get my my index cards. I go. Index cards, you yeah, I know, I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I should say, I didn't mention, um, uh, to give his title, but he's the owner, along with his wonderful wife, Shan, of yeah. Bernie Radio. So, yeah. yeah, we had Shan on our program um, when we when she was the director for Any Woman Can. Uh-huh, and so right. she left him sort of working with uh, Baron. Yes. So... So that's it's really neat. You can go to their website. It's uh, any, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's uh, GodInOurDogs.com, uh-huh. and that is the website. And if uh, somebody wanted, and there's also on our website, thebelieversjourney.net, if you go to the guest page, you'll see an email there. You can email Meg if you need right. it to email, or you can click on the little logo there, and it goes right to our website. Um, so if somebody wanted to... Uh, support your ministry or mm-hmm. or even say hey i i love dogs and i want to 
talking to your show, and I know I'm a nobody, but, you know, are you interested? Where do, where do they go to contact? Well, they can always email me. Um, there's a, a, a contact that you can email me right from my website. Uh, you can just put in meg at godnardogs.com. That's fine. If you're just curious about the show and want to know what's coming up, you can sign up for our insider news that's on the Wanna Treat page. We've got to keep the theme going. <laughs> and um, also, I have a weekly um, devotional, you might say, that uh, airs on Bernie Radio uh, on Thursdays, but you can get a sneak peek by signing up, and I email those out every uh, Monday morning. And it's a, a just a short uh, story about my dog with a scripture and some thoughts to ponder. And, yes, that's P-A-W-N-D-E-R. <laughs> I, I saw that on your website. <laughs> yeah, so people can sign up for that as well. So, good. Yeah. So, you decided to pick a topic that I, I had just taught, which is really... What's cool about that is that I feel like when I do my my, my program on the off weeks, uh-huh. I, f- I want to get it done in 10, 15 minutes, and it took 20, and I feel like I still didn't get everything in. Oh, well, good. I picked so, the right topic then, you did. didn't I? <laughs> you did. And, and what's really interesting is, um, so we're talking about, we're going to talk about uh, Jesus, uh, the center of your life, living, having him as the center of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the funny thing is, is that, I started this thinking back, I don't know, it must have been in the 80s. See, I didn't go to church as a kid, as uh-huh. a kid, started as a teenager, and everything was, you know, you made a list. God is first, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, your family. Number three, ch- or church and family. Number three, four, your job. Mm-hmm. And you had a list. Well, as I started growing up and learning more things and uh, studying, I started realizing everything... That's in second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh place is always in competition with first place. It's a human nature problem. Right. That right. That's so true. But I also learn as studying scripture for the ministry that God never wants to be in competition with anything or anyone. It's so easy for us to develop false idols in our life and <clears throat> It can be very sneaky how we do that as humans, isn't it? Well, yeah. And in your situation, you know, you can look at people where their dogs are their idols. I've had a couple of veterinarians on the show, and they really express concern about that. Mm-hmm. Because people do put their dog as the center of their life. And really, the center of our life is Christ. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, in your situation, what's really good is you could take your, your dog or dog. How many dogs do you have? Right now, I have two. So, that it kind of changes. Yes, of okay. course, you know. <laughs> That's how Lifetime with Dogs is. You well, know? your pictures always show you with one or two. So, I was yeah. just curious. Yeah. So, yeah. But they don't seem to be the same. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They change through the years. But, you know, it's... A The reason why I picked that topic is because I know it's near and dear to your heart, of course, but there are two scriptures that get mentioned the most by my guests, and one of them is Philippians Mm 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and the other is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, which of course is, don't lean on your own understanding, right? Right. 
So that really ties into your focus on making Christ the center. So when what's really interesting to me, and, and I think I fell very much a victim to this lifestyle when I was young, um, at this point in my ministry, it's not a secret anymore that, you know, I, I uh, had a problem with uh, a seizure disorder. And at the time, how many years ago would that be? 40 years ago or more, five, almost 50 years ago, it was hard because medications were bad and uh-huh. they weren't really good. And if they get you on one, it didn't work right. So let's try another one let's usually as a guinea they don't tell you this but you're mm-hmm. a guinea pig right and then as as they say well it's not working but let's try more of the same drug more of the same drug and you're taking it four times and you're literally a zombie you know and i'm literally living in a, in a um, manic depressant behavior lifestyle uh now they they changed the name to um bipolar uh-huh and I can remember some now, I can think about some of the things that I did. I'm thinking, oh, man, I needed to be shot. I mean, literally, it was terrible. Um, so going through all that and realizing I fell in a trap of, of this uh, whole idea of the, the list and not submitting 100% to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I've learned that, you know, how can we expect... God to bless us? How can we expect God to do things for us? I mean, here in two scriptures, one is your, the one you gave me. Uh, I'm going to go back to verse 4 in Proverbs, uh-huh. uh, chapter 3, verse 4 through 6. It says, And so find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. So he's mm-hmm. telling us you need to live in a, in a lifestyle that's better than the norm, mm-hmm. higher than the society you know, above reproach. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into saying, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your understanding. But he goes on to six, in all your ways, mm-hmm. submit to him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say in part of your ways or during church or during the time you're with Christians or believers. He says in all your ways. Mm-hmm. So when you're with your dog. Right. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter where or what you're doing or what, who you're with. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your paths straight. Right. So I know so many people that complain that they don't feel blessed or things are going wrong or, or they have such problems. And I'll turn to them and if I know them, I'll say, yeah, but you aren't totally submitting your life to God. How can you expect him to bless you when you're not making him central focus of your life? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And sometimes I think people um, have the wrong expectations. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean your life's going to be perfect. Jesus <laughs> warned us that in this world you will have trouble. Yeah. But fear not, I've overcome the world. So, you know, our joy is not in our circumstances. Our joy is in the Lord. And it's so easy to get sidetracked and and think that, gosh, I'm just not being blessed. You know, it's interesting. I, I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the, of the program today about the situation in Pakistan. Uh-huh. So there was something this pastor wrote me one time about problems and praying that God takes away my problems. And I actually don't ever have that prayer. I don't, I don't believe in that, that God 
is there to take away my problems. What I believe is that, you know, he's there for me to rely on him to learn how to get through my problems, Mm -hmm. to grow from my problems, to be a witness because of my problems, Mm -hmm. not just for them to go away. I mean, how do I learn if they just go away? I don't learn. There's no growth there. It's just, and many people, that's what they're, they're either wanting the problems to go away or they're praying the problems never Mm -hmm. come. They're thinking that, you know, well, Jesus loves me so much that he wouldn't let me have, he wouldn't give me problems or let problems happen to me or hurts. And I think that's not true. It's not biblical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting that you, you bring this up because I, in thinking back uh, about um, how I learned about relying on God, like my dog relied on me, like Belle relied on me. um, I, I was going through um, a situation in life. My husband and I weren't able to have kids. And um, so we decided we would adopt a child out of foster care. And that's always a big journey. And it took a really long time. It took two years to get approved because of various things going on through the Texas Child Protective Service. And um, one particularly frustrating time about three quarters of the way through the journey Um, I was talking with our pastor and friend, and he said, are you sure you want to do this? Because we didn't have any kids, and I didn't know much about raising kids, although I was the oldest of five. (laughs) I knew how hard it was going to be. I'm the oldest of five. (laughs) So you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And my husband was the youngest of four, and so he didn't really have a lot of experience. And my pastor said to me, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, yes, my husband feels very called to do this, and I want to support him, and I'm just going to rely on God to help us through the rest of the process. And um, we ended up adopting a 16-year-old. Now, we didn't have any background Mm -hmm. on raising a 16-year-old, and um, it was quite a journey. And we had a lot of challenges along the way, as he did, adapting to being a part of a family after being pretty much on his own for his mm-hmm. whole life. So you realize through that that your faith becomes stronger by making Christ the center of that decision that you're having to make and relying on him for that guidance. Yeah. And um, you you look back and you say, how did I learn that? That's what I said to myself. I learned it by seeing those lessons through my dog. Yeah. Well, that's really good. And I, and I think it's important that we, we take those things in other areas to apply them to, mm-hmm. to the areas that we go through. If we, if we don't do that, I think we're, we're robbing our ourselves from growth, mm-hmm. from that closer relationship. Right, because if you don't do that, you don't see how God has been faithful to you. So when you have a new problem or new challenge that comes along, you don't have, you're not remembering that joy of coming through that with God. And by remembering, it gives you the strength to go through the next challenge because you know how faithful God is. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I read this this passage in Job and 23.11, and it's really kind of cool. It says, My feet 
have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. Now, the story of Job, you know, where he loses basically everything in his life. Right. Um, his family as well as all his possessions. And because of his faithfulness at the very end of the story, at the end of the book, God blesses him with more than what he started. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it's important we, as we look at this, my feet have closely followed his steps. He's, he doesn't want to stray. He stays on the path. And I think that's really important that we see that. Because I think as we look aside and want to do our own thing, I'm the, I'm the guy, years ago, when there was a fork in the road, I'd find a path over here where there wasn't there, and I'd make it. <laughs> you know, I was the idiot who, who said, I'll do it myself some other way, and uh-huh. then I got in trouble, you know, or I got stumped or uh, hit in the head somehow, or whatever it mm-hmm. might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took some learning for me to, to really adapt to you know, okay, Lord, there's a fork here. Which one do you want me to go? Which direction do you want me to go to? And mm-hmm. and finding wisdom and discernment and all that was was a real task for me to let go of myself to to hold on to Him mm-hmm. to follow that. Right. Well, and you know, so many times we get impatient. There's a reason why patience and self control are a part of the fruit of the spirit. Because that gives God a chance to work in the situation. And uh, thinking back to the timing of when we actually were able to finally adopt our son, um, if it had gone clipping right along, we never would have adopted the son that we ended up adopting, who ended up being just who God wanted to be in our family. And... um, we can't really question God's timing. And I, I respect so much that story that Job, Job tells because he did follow God and he was patient and trusted God. Even though he, you know, he, his friends surrounded him and gave him all kinds of reasons why he was wrong, uh, he kept faithful and he was allowed to ask God all the questions. Um, that's where you got, that's the only area that God got say, Hey, what's, what is this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, and in this, there's, there's another scripture in Colossians one eighteen, and I, and I mentioned this the other day, but I think this, this passage is so overlooked in Colossians chapter one. It talks about how Jesus left the throne, how he gave up so much, but in 18, it says something that's really important, and here it is. It says, and he is the head of the body, um, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Now, that's your King James Version. Mm-hmm. In your NIV, it's going to say, and he has a supremacy. Uh-huh. In your New American Standard, is going to see his first place. But the the word here um, for for the for preeminence, um, and, and you know, it's not always smart to go to Strong's Concordance to look up your your words because those are just words they use to to interpret or translate into King James. It's better to go to Vines or somewhere he has actually a dictionary encyclopedia of the words. It's mm-hmm. a better way to do it. 
But proteuo is the word in Greek, which actually means it's it's eminent above or before all things, before others. It's superior. It's surpassing all others. It's uh, having absolute supremacy. Mm-hmm. So when we do that, what we realize is the word there in the Greek, what it means is that he is all in all, that he is all your life, mm. which is a difference between, oh, he's first place and I have all these other things. It's like when I say Jesus is center and all these things connect because when we do that, now he's all of your life. Mm. He's all mm-hmm. in all, which takes a whole different view. And back to the scripture we read earlier that as we look at him in all things, mm-hmm. you know, and this is the way that the scriptures teach us is that we need to focus on him on all things. He is all in all. He is our entire stuff. That doesn't mean we walk around, you know, kind of half crazy, you know, and but we, we think about this in ways of how do we grow as the kind of person that God wants us to be? Mm-hmm. You brought up the... You brought up the um, fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, I teach that the fruit of the Spirit is, in fact, um, characteristics of God. Exactly. Yeah. And this says that we need to walk in this. We need to become this. Mm-hmm. God says to be holy, for I am holy. Well, the way to do that is look at the characteristics and seek out those characteristics. Seek out holiness. Mm-hmm. And as we seek out holiness, those characteristics that we see of the fruit of the Spirit be, start to emulate. They start to become the very character that we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you that's think? so true. Yeah, I really agree with that. And, you know, I, it's just so important to read the Word because it's God's <clears throat> Word is so powerful and it really helps you understand who you are in Christ. And um, by understanding the, the amount of love that he extended to us, the forgiveness, the mercy, the grace, mm-hmm. and how much we needed it, you realize, oh, wow, Lord, um, I want to live my life for you. And so that makes him the center of everything. Yeah. And, and it's not just reading the word, it's studying the word. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a huge difference between just reading it because mm-hmm. most of the time when we just read it, we don't so it doesn't soak, soak in. in. We don't mm-hmm. remember, we we don't it doesn't really reflect in, in our changing of our life. But when we study it, uh-huh. it becomes part of us that is ingrained in us that we learn to change our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's really how my uh, how my dog Bell helped me. It brought that scripture to life um, through the Bible studies and everything else. It's It seemed two-dimensional in some ways. And she showed me, oh, that's what sit and stay means. Yeah. Uh, and all the other lessons <clears throat> I've learned along the way um, that what that richness really is um, by studying and understanding uh, what God means. Yeah. You know, I think the more and more I look at Jesus uh, living as the center of your life, there's things that I I believe that we are in a, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but 
we have all these buzzwords. Now, I'm not privy to buzzwords before I started going to church, and I knew there was a lot of stuff going uh-huh. on. But I know there's a lot of things about worshiping. Oh, you know, we worship him on at, at church. Well, that's a buzzword that's actually not correct. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. did you know worship actually means it's something we give of ourselves as a gift to him daily, all the time? It's not when we go and sing at church mm-hmm. in the service. That's really important, isn't it? Yeah. Singing in service is just offering praise to him in celebration. Uh-huh. But the worship is part of what we are in sacrificial giving and submitting to him all the time. That's worship. Mm-hmm. And that's what he calls for in the scriptures, our worship, our giving of ourself, our submitting of ourselves to him, yielding to his will. Mm-hmm. And yet... We all accept these buzzwords mm-hmm. and start to apply them as doctrines, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or teachings, and we, we're we're ignoring the word of God itself. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, what are some practical things that you do to make Christ the center of your life? Well, I make sure I only beat my wife on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're joking. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Oh, I've, one time I did that. I said it right in front of my, Susan to somebody. And she looked at me. No, you don't. Because she can't. I try to joke and I try to get her to laugh along with me. And she just. She has a different sense of she's, humor. Yeah, she's serious. <laughs> <laughs> so I call her serious Susan. So, uh, but yeah, that's just a joke. But I've, I've learned, like, like doing a devotional. Now, I, I, I read and study pretty much every day. Um, and, I, and I'm at my computer doing it because I have all these programs and things to do that with. But I've learned that when I do a devotional, let's say I'm reading something, uh-huh. a book or, or, or a, a topic, because I'm a topical teacher, uh-huh. okay? So I'm reading a topic. Let's say I'm reading something, and I don't just say, oh, that's nice for the day, and then tomorrow I read something different. I, I read something, and I try to make sure that I'm learning something from it. Mm-hmm. If I'm not learning by just reading, I try to go in more in depth and find out meanings of the Greek wording or the Hebrew mm-hmm. wording um, and and find out deeper, what is this? What is God trying to tell me at this particular moment in this scripture? Mm-hmm. If I don't know at that time and I'm done with my time in reading, I put it aside I go away. I'm, it's on my mind. The next day, I read the same exact scripture. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I didn't learn anything from it the day before. Yeah. And so I don't go forward until I allow, allow God to teach me. Because something somewhere in my psyche or in my stubbornness or whatever it might be, I'm not allowing that word to come in through. Or God is out there ready to teach me something mm-hmm. later in the day or the next day about what I've read. Mm-hmm. So that I can learn. Because I teach, I've got to have this. I can't just ramble on stuff in a class. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, the, some of the classes I teach, I've got people that will call me on it. So I've, I can't go in unprepared. Uh-huh. And I'm talking about life lessons. Yeah. So for me, it's on a whole different level. I look at myself because I'm called to be a teacher I, God has me at a different accountability. I can't just, you know, read something and, and 
say it off and, and I'm, I'm done. I have to really know what I'm saying, know what I'm teaching, and get that life experience. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's me. And that's, mm-hmm. I know that's not everyone. So let's say uh, once you un- have that better, clearer understanding of what God wants you to learn from that scripture, how do you incorporate that into your life? Okay. So there's a pa- there's a scripture. Okay, good. And I actually <laughs> brought part of it. Great. Um, it's in 1 John chapter 2. Now, I usually tell people it's it's re- verses 3 through 6. I just brought 5 through 6 today to talk about this because of our topic. Yeah. And if, starting in verse 5, 1 John 2, it says, But whoever keeps his word, I'm talking about Jesus, who keeps his word, Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. Now, we can also say completed in him. Okay. Mm-hmm. By this, we know that we are in him. We are in Jesus. Verse 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk as Jesus walked. Uh-huh. That's how. That passage, and starting from verse 3, it, it, it says, if you say you're a believer and you don't live like one, you don't follow the commandments, then you're a liar. Mm-hmm. That's how it starts. Mm-hmm. I mean, John doesn't mince words. I mean, he's just like straight straight, straight shot, mm-hmm. straight arrow? Straight arrow, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's very, very emphatic about this. So I've taken this on as one of the most important scriptures of all scripture I, I uh, have and learned because this tells me that I need uh, to follow Jesus at the very essence of, of my being. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a believer in Jesus? Someone who, number one, becomes like him. That's our foundation. Mm-hmm. Number two, follows his teachings. Mm-hmm. If we just say, and see, the problem is most most this world of Christianity, uh, they're so hung up on salvation I'm saved. Salvation, salvation, uh-huh. salvation. And getting past that, the Bible talks more about how we need to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, walking the talk, so to speak. Exactly. <laughs> okay. It, all over the Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, almost every single book in the Scripture talks about the way we need to live. Uh-huh. And what, what I'm finding out is a whole world out there of Christians or in Christ, Christendom of people more concerned about salvation, that they have salvation, and not how they walk with Christ or become like him. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's dangerous walk. That's mm-hmm. walking a fine line of, you know, are you really his or not? Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it occurs to me as you're talking about this that salvation is a high point. Um, discovering who Christ is for you is a high point. But as people, we don't live on a mountaintop all the time. That's not realistic. Um, so how do you deal with the uphills and the downhills and the valleys? And if you're not living out scripture, then your your life will be a big disappointment because you're missing the high point all the time. Yeah. yeah. And even Abraham. Abraham is noted as, you know, a man of faith, right? right. Mm-hmm. God gave him, you know, the promise of having a son, okay, he and Sarah. And through many, 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 many years, he basically just didn't get it together. 
But God still called him a man of faith. He's still the father of the Jews, right? He's, he's there. And finally, <laughs> the angel of the Lord and his angels come and said, hey, you need to get it together. <laughs> I mean, basically, you know, get your life together, get it together so you can have your child. Uh-huh. You know, and of course, you know, his wife laughs and thinks that's really funny. He was, what are you laughing for? You know, and uh-huh. but basically... You know, that's that's a lot of times where we are. We don't get it together. We're too busy with our own selves, our own lives, our own whatever it is, and and we're not focused on the doors that God is opening mm-hmm. for us or the doors that He's closing on us. Right. And we're yes. too busy trying to open our own doors and close our own doors, and we're not watching for Him. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something that I've been teaching a lot lately, and it's about, you know, God is holy, and, and he said that we need to be holy. So one of the biggest things that we need to learn to do is seek holiness. Mm-hmm. We really need to seek holiness. In seeking holiness is the, what's the word I want, recipe? It's probably a good word. The recipe mm-hmm. to learn how to be like Jesus. Okay. I mean, really, if that's if that was if I had one thing to say about this whole deal of what you're asking, seeking holiness is the recipe to help us to become like Jesus. And the foundation of a believer is to become like Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what a Christian yeah. does. So if holiness is the recipe, what are the ingredients? How how do we become holy? The characteristics of God. Back to the Back. fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being holy is one the main central uh-huh. characteristic. Every other, every other characteristic, love, forgiveness, all that comes from His holiness. The fruit of the Spirit. There's nine of those things. I mean, they all come out of holiness. So if we seek holiness and we start looking at what is holy. Well, holiness, see, I was taught to be holy was to be perfect. That's not what it means. Uh-huh. It, it's seeking Jesus to become like him. It's seeking him to emulate him. Okay. Okay. That is holiness. That is what God wants us to be and become. Uh-huh. And when we see that, the scriptures are full of this teaching. And yet we have too many teachers and pastors and that don't teach it. And then we have all kinds of people who don't learn it, so they're not teaching it. So we don't really have it as a substance. Mm-hmm. But the scriptures are plain. They are there mm-hmm. uh, for us to grasp this and put it in our lives to become this. Otherwise, we have milk toast Christianity. Well, and that's not very attractive, is it? Well, not only that, what did Jesus say about those who are lukewarm? Well... We need to be either hot or cold. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, you know, I mean, the scriptures don't lie. Yeah. And the scriptures are pretty evident. But what we do is we take out a little passage. And, oh, how good am I? Or, oh, how this looks nice. But we don't look at this context and say, what are you teaching? What is it that is the theme here you're wanting me to do? Become like him. Uh-huh. Over From the very beginning to the very end, to become like him. Uh-huh. I mean, there's no, there's yeah. no in and outs of that. Right. You know? Right. So powerful. Oh, it is. Yeah. And that's why it's a huge part of my teaching is because it's our foundation. It is uh-huh. what we need to grab a hold of. It, it's the very thing. When you have a, a dog, what is that dog doing? 
it's looking at you. A lot of times, they imitate stuff about us. Uh-huh. I mean, they really do. Put out your hand and put out its hand to shake. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing. That's um, right. Yeah, so. and it's it's kind of fun. I had a guest recently say um, that really life with his dog has taught him childlike faith because a dog doesn't really understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, he said, you could be painting a fence, and they're they're probably thinking, why are you doing that? Let's go play. Um, so looking to our master. And there's nothing the matter with saying that. Uh, looking at what Christ wants for us and has modeled for us is the basic thing. And more than there's nothing wrong with that, the very essence of who Jesus is is our master. Uh-huh, exactctly. And it's, it may not be politically correct to say those t- kind of terms, correct. but it is biblically correct, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's been so nice having you on this It's program. been so enjoyable. I'm so, s- thank you for inviting me. Well, it's my pleasure. And, and I want to keep in touch somehow. I think you've got a great ministry. Thank you. Uh, I, I want to, in fact, I think the people that I know, I want to encourage them to contact you to, you know, if you interview them or, or so forth. That'd be great. That'd be I always need guests. So thank you for joining us today. Um, I, I want everybody to have a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and uh, Lord bless you. Aloha. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.